Hello everybody and welcome to Brumbagoon. You will not get there on a road bike because we have to stay home and home you can get everywhere also on an ultra endurance race just by watching it but it's already a lot i think it's already a lot a lot of inspiration let's talk about different things and then we will arrive to the entertaining part of today i just want to say as usual thank you for listening to this podcast hope it's giving you a bit of relief in this period and i really hope that you are thinking about your next adventure that's an amazing thing still the biggest adventure that you can have right now is to rate subscribe and review this podcast on apple Podcasts. this will help me on climbing a bit the yeah all the charts of the episode on apple Podcasts, and would be super helpful for me and also for you that you are listening to this and remember as well if you like this episode or any other episode to share it with your friends because sharing is the best thing that you can do especially in a period like this second thing i want to say is thanks to open for producing amazing bicycles like the app that is coming with me in all the adventure even if in this period is up on a trainer that i still didn't understand how much how it works but that's another story but it's an amazing bike is a super pioneering bike and is made by great people like Andy Kessler who wrote on the blog of Open Cycles maybe I can tell you the address of that I never remember it open here you go opencycle.com you can just go on opencycle.com the first um, yeah the first article of the blog is gonna be this amazing letter kind of an open letter from Andy that explains a bit how they are reacting in a period like this without showing off without marketing and without well on the other side keeping a bit of a pressure of saying something in a period period like this where everybody i think is in charge or feels in charge on saying something even the most stupid things andy writes nothing stupid here andy writes amazing lines and you can really understand how the kind of human being there is and the kind of human beings that are behind open cycles really give it a read and support if you can the other thing that you have to support is local dealer and small companies that's why also this time i really really push you on buy some bars and nutrition things from chimpanzee bar just go on their website and then at the end of your checkout for a discount 30% discount right broom would be capital letter 30 that's pretty important this will help Andre make his company survive and then also for us will help us on putting inside ourselves organic and super good bars and nutrition elements it's pretty important continue really supporting these local dealers Today, as I was telling you, I want to talk about entertaining because we need it in a period like this. Entertaining entertainment, especially about things that we like and outdoor things and inspirational things. I want to start, first of all, from uh, mentioning something about myself and my personal blog. So just go on Calamaro dot cc and there you will find some articles especially the last one a really really a bit nerdy that andrea my friend andrea who helped me building up my open up and also that makes 
helps me on any single nerd and mechanical thing on my bike. And um, yeah, there you will see this kind of series talking about, I don't know, uh, what is better from uh, one buy, in his opinion and my opinion as well, one buy and two buy, or how he set up the perfect machine for bikepacking, or how we build up my bike. The last article is this one, talking about the experience of Andrea with the Shimano GRX. He's super happy with that, even if he's still more happy with my Force One. But he also liked Force One. But my Force One is a bit an hybrid between a Force One and a Shimano group set. You know what I mean. I to read and it's super, super interesting. And uh, also somebody seems like they are uh, learning a lot by it like Ernesto from Montañas Vasias. Hi Ernesto, I think. And that's a super good thing. Other entertainment elements are documentaries and movies about outdoor and cycling. I want to mention a couple of those. If you go to Patagonia Europe website and then you go to the website, so to the blog, sorry, the blog section, there you will find real inspired stories. I want to mention one of those because I watched it into the weekend into a premiere and this is Life of Pi. It's really, really nice. It talks about uh, two girls that just for enjoying of mountain bikes and also to grow up a community, they build up a pizza place that is more a community than just a shop and a business. And that's really amazing. But there, as I was saying, on the website, sorry, on the blog, two times in a row, on the blog section of the Patagonia Europe website, you're gonna find a lot of amazing stories. Really, go there and enjoy it. I want to mention two more videos, otherwise this kind of intro is gonna be too long, it's already too long. Uh, one of those is Cycling for Soup. Just go on the Instagram, look for Cycling for Soup, for in number, and you will see that Thursday, so the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the 2nd of April, Around 6 o'clock uh, Greenwich time, there's gonna be a video premiere about the adventure that this project Cycling for Soup has done. Should be an amazing video, I can't wait to have a look to that. The last one that I want to mention is, uh, if you go also there to the Instagram and look for Benedict13, you will discover that the director, Benedict Campbell, director, photographer, amazing artist and blah 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 blah, an amazing human being, he released and gave to everybody the possibility to watch his video about cyclocross, the name of it is For the Love of Mud, for free. So go to the website, no sorry, go to the Instagram account Benedict13 and you will find the code and then you will have the possibility of watching this 90 minutes amazing film that it's really something, it's really worth it. And Stay tuned here because you're gonna listen to something cool in a couple of weeks as well. Did they say two? I wanted to say three. Last thing, really, really last thing. Panier.cc and Steph Amato, my friends, my amazing friends. They have made this video that was premiered last week. The name of it is Rain Spotting. It's free, it's for everybody, it's amazing. Awesome entertainment for everybody, really. Go on Vimeo, look for Rain Spotting Panier and enjoy it with a cup of tea, better, with a cup of whiskey, 
and good company. It's the best. That's all. Let's move to another film. Let's move to something different. Some weeks ago, I received a message from my friend Alain, a Swiss with a pulse. Hi, Alain. That was telling me, why don't you organize something, something like a screening in Zurich about this amazing film? I put everything together, I found the place, I found the location, and I was at the point of putting things together to make it happen. But then something else happened and I had to postpone everything. Anyways, I decided to go and look for the director of this film. His name is Antonin and he produced this amazing documentary about transcontinental race, about TCR. The name of it is On Board. Now is not the time anymore for screening and stuff, but you can look for it and look for it and find it on Vimeo. Buy it and watch it, please. Maybe before to watch it, I try not to make so much spoiling, but I interview Antonin, and this is what the episode of today is about. I will talk to you later. Well, I will go straight to the point. Today I'm here with Antonin, who is the amazing director of one of the best documentaries that I've ever seen about transcontinental race in this case, but ultra endurance races on the bike a bit more in general. So hi Antonin, how are you doing? Good, good. Hello Stefano. Good to be here. Yeah, super good to talk to you. And I was super happy that in this period that we are at home, I had the possibility of watching your amazing onboard the documentary that you have done in uh, TCR number four, five, and six, right? Yeah, right. So it's uh, I, I I started the, to to film it uh, now four years ago during three editions of the race. Yeah, and uh, it's really a good thing because you really jump into this kind of environment where these people are taking. I don't know, a great adventure on 4,000 kilometers dealing with route planning, resupplying, problem of sleeping, but also something like content creation and photography. It was really an amazing thing. So probably to everybody that is out there, uh, I really recommend you to look for it around. You can find it on Vimeo and probably also the link is going to be here in the description below and uh, watch it because I truly believe it's something that you need to discover by yourself. Anyway, Antonin, and um, I don't know, I want to say thank you. Uh, you are here today and we're going to talk a bit about that, a bit about bicycle and a bit about so many other things that will jump into my mind. I want to say thank you for you to be here. And I want to say also thank you because we, in the conversation that we had before this recording, you told me as well, that you're one of those people, crazy people that listen as well to this podcast and to the other podcasts that I produce. So really thank you for the support on that. Oh, thank you for your art. I mean, I really like to listen to that, that podcast. Uh, I think, I mean, there is no images, but you're just with the audio, you're able to build an atmosphere, bring content, quality content without uh, annoying images to just uh, illustrate things. So, I really like it. It leaves my brain um, wise. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks really a lot for the kind words. And uh, the cool thing that I actually I have seen, while apart from the amazing things that are out there, by watching uh, your onboard, it was that actually the cool thing is that you watch to this documentary, you watch to this event, and seems like now they are really party of 
of a family party of people that you know. It's so cool. Switch on the switch on your video, switch on the TV, watch the video, and you can see people like I don't know Jeff, Jeff Liu, or you can see Nelson. Of course, you can see James, James Hayden. You can see also, as I was saying, the photographer people that are behind. So James and um, and Camille that are there. It seems like we are all in the same scene there, all in the same environment. Ah, okay. Don't forget. Tom, the amazing podcast producer of the TCR, it seems like we are really there, like in a family party all together, or everybody part of the same scene. And even if we don't talk, we never talked or we we never met in person, we are still part of a big family. And that's amazing. Let's start from the beginning, Antonin, then. Give us a small intro about yourself. Um, so I'm living in the south of France, lost in the middle of a national park called uh, Les Cévennes. And uh, since I remember, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm cycling. Uh, it was at the beginning just to move myself when I was a kid for fun. Then to move through the mountains to meet other friends. Then I discover shortcuts through the mountains. So I discover mountain biking with a road bike which I broke, so I found an old mountain bike, and it was pure joy. <laughs> and I tried a bit um, mountain biking competition, but it was a pain. I mean, the spirit at this time for me, it was like super hard because it wasn't joy. It was more war between people to just win things. <laughs> and what else? I'm... Since not long running uh, organic farm for goat cheese, while I'm still directing and working as a camera operator for documentary and features film, uh, mostly in, let's call it, difficult condition filming, like jungle, high altitude, um, long-term expedition, this kind of stuff. Okay, I will start from the goat cheese then. And uh, how many of it are you producing every year? And which one is the response of your customers? Because I want at least a couple of, I don't know, a couple of hundred kilos of it because I love goat cheese. <laughs> I think it would be too much. Like it's a tiny organic farm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but if I promise, like if you come by year at the good season, I will offer you space on my terrace to watch the the sky which is like wonderful here because we have no city around so it's very dark and pure and of course a good beer i produce myself too and some uh, uh, goat cheese yeah Ooh. i i can't invite all the people from your podcast but you can come <laughs> i can come and actually i can probably make some content out of it so people can come and i don't know can imagine that <laughs> at least that <laughs> it could be it could be something like a podcast session about goat cheese we will not talk about bicycles then <laughs> cool but yeah let's go to the to the core then and talk about your your experience and your profession as uh, you said camera operator and uh, director maybe i'm a bit curious about this side because you said that you are a director of documentaries of course and camera operator for extreme situation tell me a couple of extreme situation that have you been and you had to actually film something uh, filming some 
ski session in some couloir above Chamonix with like, I mean, the particularity of my job is to to bring cam- uh, cinema camera in situation where most of the people bring just GoPro. So yeah, a few times I end mm-hmm. up with my colleagues uh, skiing in some steep couloir with uh, 20 kilograms of camera and stuff to rig another skier and catch some actions. That was some crazy stuff. Or I don't know, like I ended up uh, in the Lago di Guarda a few years ago uh, with a paragliding, a, a tandem paragliding a paraglider just um, from where I was filming. We just uh, finished in the middle of the lake. We almost draw ourselves. It was like too windy to land. Yeah, this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can see completely the point. And uh, yeah, it seems pretty adventurous, actually. Yeah, people or productions called uh, me or me or my colleagues because we are like few people working together since now eight years. But uh, they called us where a normal camera operator don't want to operate the camera in this situation. It's all the time a bit funny. Wow. And then you said, actually, you mentioned at the beginning that you were into bicycles since when you were a kid. So mountain bike, oh, monta- mountain bike and uh, everything that was related to long mountain bike, but more than in the race side, a bit more into the amateur and leisure side, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, I think uh, I can cover some good distances because that's at like a few years ago, I was uh, doing some long distance mountain biking racing with single speed, but I was young. I'm still a bit young, but uh, I was crazy at this time, I guess. And uh, but then I discovered traveling with a bicycle, and especially a mountain bike, way before what we calling now uh, bike packing. But uh, it was this kind of stuff because without pannier or this kind of stuff. So yeah, I did. I, I I've crossed the Rocky Mountains uh, in Canada. I went from the south of France to Istanbul. In fact, like a few years before the first transcontinental, like through the Balkans. Uh, yeah, I I love it because you're moving faster than hiking, and you can still stop every kilometer if you want for 10 seconds to take a picture or to say hello to someone or buy tomatoes or cheese along the road or you can also spend stop and you just have a bike jump into a train move to some uh, to a place i don't know this kind of stuff it's like super easy and the mechanic is simple too so you don't have much trouble than flat tires and I love it. It's just so simple and so it brings me a lot of joy to be on my bicycle. Well, I completely see the point and I think we're sharing the same thing. Something like traveling with the bike and go around with the bike opens really new worlds. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, it opens up also a bit more the creative side of my of my brain. I think that the best ideas of my life, including this podcast, came from a bicycle ride. Same for me. <laughs> I will say you, I think the the older riders are feeling it this way. It's just like when you put your body in a repetitive effort, then your brain can start to just uh, 
be busy on something else just driving your legs and stuff you just like keep pedaling and then you can start thinking about something else and then comes up the creative ideas and as you the good one are from a, a good cycling session and then the second big part that I think is completely related, that seems like it's related to your job, especially talking about your documentary, is the TCR. How did you get to know TCR for the first time? And how did you get the idea of making this documentary that was covering three editions of the Transcontinental Race? Uh, I don't really remember where the first time I... I've seen like something about the transcontinental because I wasn't really on 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 in in the, how do you call that like in in all this thing about bikepacking and racing. I was more focused at this time on my another favorite sport, it's which is paragliding. But at one point, I I heard I've heard something about this race and straights when I discovered like the few information it was in 2015 i think about the race and then the pictures from james robertson i knew that i wanted to do something uh, with this race so i just dropped them dropped them an email through the contacts page of the website and a few weeks later I'd receive an answer from Mike O saying just like, uh, yeah, just call me. And then we had a call where I told him that just, uh, I don't know much about your race, but I'm sure there is like huge potential to, to tell something bigger than your race, which is what he wanted to I mean to push people it was it's way more than just a race a bicycle race and so he told me that it was it would be super complicated to catch the riders and uh, be at the right place at the right time and da, da, da. so he said just maybe instead of just wanting to come by your own with the car and do a documentary maybe come in our car first year to to understand how it works because I think you're missing a lot of oh it's complicated <laughs> so I said okay and a few months later I land on the transcontinental start line in Belgium without knowing much about the race because I wanted to keep a fresh look on it and it was very intense. <laughs> I, I've been like super well welcomed by James Robertson, one of the official photographers, and Mike All. Um, and both of them were super friendly and super professional. And since the first hour, I um, we shared this feeling that to know each other. As you know, like this good, this good distance between people when you're friend, but you're still working together, and it was like very powerful to meet them and to have the chance to to have this little seat on the, the back seat of the car to do my job. With whom were you in the car? So uh, I think the first year it was with uh, Mike O, 
James Robertson and a guy called uh, Francis Cade is doing vlogs. Ah, yeah, 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 of course. Okay, Francis. It was at this time, it, at a very early stage of his project to do something bigger because I think now uh, he got something... I mean, his YouTube channel working well. But at this time, he was still a, a baby in the vlog stuff. Okay, but he was doing the vlog as well at the time. He was working on his personal blog. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And how was it actually, the experience for you? Because I have mine and the other, on the other side, uh, my experience in the car and especially for me, it's kind of a bit different because for sure, for me making the podcast in, uh, uh, in the control car means being in a car at least with one photographer and you know that the photographer and the podcaster watch the race into different way. So you want, for example, myself, you want to stay most of the time in resupply point or on top of mountains or in cafes at the end of a long stretch in order to catch experiences, especially in the first day and impressions from people while the photographer and uh, yeah, mostly the photographer, they actually want to stay at the right place at the right time in order to have the best shots that you can have. I think that more or less with you, it was more or less the same thing with the extra layer of com of complication that you were there to try to catch stories with your camera. There was James trying to catch shots with his camera. And on the other side, there was Mike trying to lead the race and to manage the race i how was your first experience in the car in a situation like this it was i think completely new for you as well yeah it was completely new and as i said it was like very intense as while people think we're just uh, chilling in petrol station waiting for riders eating ice cream and have long sleep nights and uh that's not true at all at all <laughs> for us also on the media side it's it's also a race because we're having short nights we all the time be on we are on the move most of the time i think too while the cyclists are covering 4000 kilometer by bicycle we're doing something like seven some 6 or 7000 kilometer driving uh so it's it's not something super easy i mean it's still driving so it's okay nothing to compare but uh we are all the time on the move which is not easy it's maybe a bit easier for photographers than for filmmaker because the first year the deal was i had to produce content uh, from the road during the race to put online during the race so I had to film to catch situations, people, people riding, landscapes, this kind of stuff, and little stories from the road. But while this was uh, filmed, I had to edit it during the night. So my nights were very short. <laughs> I can feel you completely. <laughs> but, you know, like the, the team in the car was, the, the balance was perfect because I said, it was like very respectful from, I mean, everyone was well looking for the others. So while James uh, was looking for something special, we were just waiting and trying to do our stuff on our side while to stay as much as he needed to be on this place. Same for the work of Mike. And for me, it was like super comfortable because... 
they offer me also the space to create my stuff. So if I wanted to stay two hours at the top of a mountain to just catch a sunset and someone at the top, they just say, okay, just take the time you need, but know that we'll have to drive later to go to this point to do that. And so it was, uh, it was a great experience with two simple guys. I mean, James and Mike, uh, there's simple, easygoing, and super respectful, super creative, both of them. So, yeah, it was to, to be on a kind of creative kitchen to be in this car. Yeah, I completely see your point, and I com it completely reflects on my experience that I got in the car following a race. Because the I truly believe that, anyways, if you are in a car that is both a media car and a control car, you have sensibility for the both of the of the topics of course everybody knows the the needs of the other person in order to create its own content for example and on the other side also everybody has first thing in mind that the first kind of task that you have in the car is to get some support if needed to the racers so if something weird happens you need to be there to give support or you need to coordinate whatever can be helpful on that. And I truly believe that anyway, staying in the car for a long time, especially with creative people, it's pretty cool because at the end of the day, you really, I think you create new ideas super, super soon. And because you have the sensibility and the creativity of the other person, and you also know that as much as you have to create your content, you don't need to be individualistic because you need also to give space to the other person to create the other content and in this way you can really organize you started being something like a producer for your con your own content a shaper for your content an editor for your content as well as you're earning some sensibilities for somebody else's content and still i think that creative people have a lot of sensibilities on every kind of content not only for their own yeah right so that was my first year on on, on board this car with the organization and at the end to the at, at the finisher party i was sure that they 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 had something to tell about all these guys out on the field because the first year i was uh, following the head of the race with christoph allegard and uh, Neil phillips um carlos manson uh, battling for the podium that was like super intense and with not much interaction because we were just observing and trying to to keep with them. Uh, so there I've learned a lot from James and Mike. And yeah, I have to thank them for that. But uh, then the next the next year I I had in mind to 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 stay focused on the tail of the race, but still by being in the organization car. Not without, not with my own uh, media car, and so all by myself. With uh, so it was once again another super intense um, uh, work. But uh, yeah, after the first year, I was sure that I had to do this documentary to speak more than the race to speak about the cyclist who signed up for this kind of race to discover why 
why they're doing that. No, yeah, it's great. And actually, so this means that the first two editions, you were there inside of the organizational car, and the last one, you were there actually to wrap up the documentary. So from the beginning on, you had in mind that this would have been a full documentary following different edition and to give something like to have a full story out of it or just the first time that you have been there you were there just to see how things were doing and to create the content for the race and then only after the second edition you decided that probably you wanted to wrap up everything in a full documentary how was the creative process yeah i think the first year i was there to just uh, see how it was how it worked if something was possible, but already within mind, the uh, idea to do something, uh, a long documentary with ab- about people. And the second year, I was like pretty sure. And as it was like super intense, I had still to focus on producing content along the road, the road for the race. So at the end of the second edition, uh, I spoke with Anna which was the new race director after Mike uh, died during this uh, tragic accident. And uh, I told her I would like to get more space or more time to, to, ca- to, to, to film stuff, to wrap up all the little stories I have from the two previous years. And how can we do that? And so we agreed to bring someone else, uh, an editor for me, from from my company, to be on the back seat with me to do the, all the edit work while I was uh, chasing for more stories and to follow, um, you know, like to to get the content to be able to do a long documentary because the. Yeah, it's a complex. It's a complex things to. It's. I mean, it's easy to tell a story for two minutes with a nice music about someone having a flat tire in the Balkan. It's like quite easy and uh, uh, pleasant to do, but working on a piece of uh, almost an hour, you have to entertain. To you have to bring quality contents. You have to follow a kind of red line you have to bring something fresh and yeah that's something not easy to do because i i mostly dislike all the thing i've seen from uh the cycling film uh which have been done about race as this kind of race because it's too much focus on pain tears drama and and also with the how do you call it a timeline too logical to focus on the race yeah sorry i'm I, i'm a bit lost in what i'm saying but because it was like super hard to wrap up everything in one piece and make it interesting at first for me and then I'm happy if people love it, of course. Yeah, the thing that I can tell you here, and then maybe, as usual, correct me if I'm wrong, the thing that I realized by watching your documentary... Now, uh, first of all, small brackets, I don't want to spoiler anything. I'm just going to zoom out and talk about concept and not about people better. But the thing that I really liked, it was you were not there to tell the story on how the race or one race ended up. 
you were not following uh, the the race itself and the competition on the front you were there to telling the experience what's about an experience or experiencing the TCR it was a bit more about the feelings a bit more about the motivation a bit more about the point of view of different people on different things and a bit more on what means accomplishing a race like this in terms of exploration of uh, deep feeling and stuff like this instead of only having okay the first day was this the second day was this the first edition was this and the second edition was this one does it make sense yeah yeah of course i think one of the first thing you witness when you're in the car and you see all this race happening uh, around you with all these people from different backgrounds and experience it's that there is no one way to to experience this race every single rider will have their own experience from the with, with, I mean, like with everyone will have his little victory and defeat and they will have to keep up. And one, one things, one thing very concrete for me was to, uh, to see, uh, all the time just after the start disappear for them. I mean, they're running against the clock, but they're entering a space in their life it's 15 days out of the out of everything out of their daily life is just about them cycling going to a to b with a kind of uh, absurdity i i love the i love witness on my side i don't know if it's yeah, it makes sense. It makes completely sense. And actually to enforcing the, the concept that you are explaining, uh, how is the name of this guy? I think Pierre can be a uh, French guy that at a certain point, it's like, I met him, by the way, and so I'm sorry because I don't remember his name, but I met him on the SRMR last year. And he says at a certain point something like, we are just waking up in the morning and then riding our bicycle and then eating stopping for toilet things and uh, continue riding and then sleeping and then starting the day after just really fulfilling only the primary needs we are like animals that's how we are yeah it's patrick 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 <laughs> yeah, patrick yeah. yeah super strong guy he did it uh, i think like three times and all the time with a He's a guy. He's super quiet and calm, but he's like he have like a super strong mental, and he, co he can go through a lot of uh, a lot of things through the race. And when he finishes, it, it looks like he's okay to start again. He, he have something similar to Christoph, not with the same performance, of course, because Christoph Allegard is just someone uh, very special but uh patrick is uh yeah he's one of my favorite guy in the race i met uh with with uh with matthew also they're too too human too they're too good <laughs> okay okay who's matthew uh matthew is the guy um you can see from the start taking the train 
going to the start line. Okay. okay, I got it. The designer. Like Yeah, 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 the graphic designer. The graphic designer. I love him. I love his character. Yeah. He is well known online uh on the name of uh, Manivel. Manivel.cc. Amazing work. And he did he did after so we 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 met uh, at the third edition I was filming and I had the chance to be at the same rhythm as him with the car. That's where I decided to do something with him. Um, and uh, then after we finished the film, I show him the film and uh, I proposed him to do all the artwork to, you know, like to do the title, the posters and everything for the film and he said like of course so it was one of my great pleasure also to share to continue the experience out of the race to with with, with some of the riders as patrick and as matthew in this case yeah yeah absolutely i can completely see the point and i can completely see why he's such a strong character in the movie it's uh, it's really great and continue maybe continue on this kind of line on talking about uh, the riders the the protagonists the character the main characters of your documentary i have actually a couple of things in mind that i want to ask you let's start from the beginning um the first thing that i would like to ask you is that why do you think these people that are taking part to these events are so special because really you can follow you can choose randomly any body of those and you will know that actually by just talking with them you're going to find a different story and an amazing story to tell everybody has good point on the race good point on their life and good point on why they are taking part of it why do you think a lot of these super strong characters are taking part to this race and they're making the race. I truly believe that without people uh, like Patrick, for example, or yeah, like many, same Christoph or James, everybody is taking part to this race. Without them, there's there, there would not be TCR, there would not be any ultra endurance race. Why do you think so? I think you, I can't find one answer to this question because they all have a unique reason to be here um, and as Matthew said during the, 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 the movie everyone lining up on the start line they have their own reason to their own battle their own they're looking for their own victory and my point of view at the beginning before to to meet them all around the road and and witness all these little stories they're doing it just because first they like cycling yeah and maybe because they're looking something that our society can't offer anymore and and the race open open a space where they can experiment adventuring adventurous things where in our society everything is clean, straight, comfortable, and uh, you can plan everything. While even the better route planner during the TCR can have a little problem and be lost. But the, the thing is, in this race, if you don't know what to do when you get lost, 
you will uh, lose or you will just uh, just be lost while here during the transcontinental uh, people just like being this kind of like to be in this kind of uh, situation and they like to solve problem and so love to find solution to get unlost and that's part of the beauty of the race and i think it's what people are looking for makes a lot of sense and actually i truly believe so i'm gonna put this point here and i'm gonna drop it on the table if it's too strong just everybody that is listening to that or yourself first Antonin, just me uh, just stop me so the thing that i believe is that tcr srmr whatever also italy divide tour divide whatever it is it's a race that you really need to witness by talking with the people that are participating to that by only watching the dots on the map and seeing who arrives first or who arrives last or by um checking uh something like the something like the call story just on social media thing you cannot really touch with your hands and uh, feel with your heart how deep is this kind of race. But thanks to the stories that are in the description on the social media, so below your Instagram photos and inside of a documentary like yours or inside podcasts, then there is the full story, is something a bit closer than the reality what it is. Because as you were saying, everybody has his own story and his own motivation or her own motivation to take part to um, an event like this. And the mood of these people and the experience of these people and the motivation itself of these pe people goes up and down in really... A lot of times, special, also many times in the same day, and only by talking with these people, just by listening to the stories of the people, of these people, just seeing the face changing of these people. Only this is the only way that you can really witness really how the race develops. Yeah, I think uh, that's why creatives in general have something to say during this race because uh, I think. It's a bit like uh, for sailing race. Mm -hmm. At one point, you can, you can see them leaving at an arbor to leave somewhere in the ocean. And then you, can, you, you just have a, a dot on the map to follow them. But uh, uh, the creative are here to bring things from the field. But also keep a bit of the mystery because if you really want to know what is the transcontinental i think you have to sign up and do it yourself to truly understand and i think maybe the documentary or the photographies of james robertson or cami mcmillan are just uh, bringing a, a glimpse of what it can be it can give you the taste and i'm sure people uh, after each race and me first <laughs> you want to be part of it because as you say at the beginning it's look like a family yeah because instead of uh, classical competition people aren't fighting uh, against each, each other they're fi fighting against themselves first and with the others against something bigger which is 
the race, but it's not someone, so it's okay. And uh, once again, I like to say it's the beauty of this, it's the beauty of that, but it's it's truly beautiful to see people um, rediscovering uh, solidarity, friendship, simplicity of life, uh, and every all the things are connected just with a simple bicycle once again. Of course. And another brick that I want to add here, and I would love also to know your point of view on that. So we have seen TCR changing a lot in these years for several reasons. The most, the biggest one, the biggest change that we can see is actually uh, the shape of it. I think that the first edition that you followed, that saw the number four, was starting from uh, still, so from the Kapelmoor, a place that is pretty close to my heart, and it was it was arriving to Istanbul. Then uh, the two other ones still starting from the, the Flanders, but arriving in Greece. Then now, last year, 2019, it was from east, from Bulgaria to west, to um, Brest, so to France. This year is going to be the other way around. So we are seeing it changing. But the thing that doesn't change, and maybe you can help me on that, uh, it's the spirit of people that are participating. Why that? Because it's not always the same, always the same spirit. The only foundation of it is being there just to live an experience. If this experience means for you winning, you're going to do it 100%. If this experience is just being there and try to discover a bit more on yourself, then go out and do it. Or helping each other, still, even if it's not completely allowed, still go out and do it. But the biggest thing is having an experience and challenge yourself, whatever is the parkour. Yeah, I think it's the the nice thing of this race is that you can't really prepare uh, two years before. Sure, you can be in good, in, in a in a better or in a very good physical shape and be prepared for the kind of stuff. But uh, above above all, you have to be ready to face the unknown. Like it, it sounds a bit stupid to say that, but that's the that's the truth. I think because they have to deal. And to face a lot of situations that you can't plan, even if you know where is your where. I mean, even if you know where you are, you you still have a lot of um, things to solve along the road, and uh, you can't plan before. And uh, destination, like as the start and the finish line, moving each year, help to make every year a unique race as you said so yeah i think it's very interesting as the con- a concept and and uh, the playground which is europe is incredible for that because you have like thousands of thousands of thousands itinerary and and beautiful coal and uh, big road little road shit road a lot of shit road of course <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a wonderful playground yeah great stepping uh, still keeping uh, the line of the characters that you can see and the experience that you can get in the in an event like this in this case of the tcr and but moving a bit from the riders to the media people also here not to make so much spoiler you also talked a bit in the documentary with 
James Robertson and Camille McMillan. I truly believe that in order to cover the media of this kind of event, you also need to have this kind of sparkle in your mind that makes you not completely, you know, not completely unified to other people. You need to have a good point of view on stuff and also the the need and actually the capacity of changing plans and adapt to what happens here and there. Which one is the angle on this side? We, which angle did you want to give on that side by talking with these people on your documentary? Um, I wanted first to show a bit of the behind the scene uh, because most of the time I think people think that we're just... Uh, a lazy artist on the road <laughs> catching images or audio or still images but on our side too it's a kind of sport compared to the kind of job we can have daily uh, on the other part of the year and it was like super interesting to 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 share the point of view of these guys because the creative guys as Camille Mike Me and, and uh, James Robertson they're participating since almost the beginning to the myth uh, which is the the transcontinental race because they're the only guys producing content from the field to to share on the social social networks and stuff and they they reach to capture the mood of the race and they they're doing it in uh, in, in an incredible way with um, I'm not sure of the English English words but uh, with a huge constant okay constancy yeah, it makes sense. or they can produce quality content from the start to the finish line whatever um, their their state of uh, tiredness and this is very pro- they're professionals with with and they're also artists with a real point of view on things it's not just people out trying to do beautiful images they want to tell stories they want and they want to build a story along the race and it's not just people like uh, shooting and see then oh i can do that or do this they they have a, a real vision for the race with their art and uh and I wanted to show this part because they also deserve it uh, to be more known uh, to the to the public. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, on adding to this point, before I was saying something like these races or TCR will never be TCR without people like Patrick, like uh, Mathieu, like uh, Stefan, like James, like Christoph. But TCR would never be TCR also without james without camille without tom this is part of the race the race would never have all this uh success and stuff without people really telling the story of the real absence the real core of the race itself and that's what we they do actually yeah i think that uh the real challenge here it's to not just copy other races uh, trying to do the same media or catch the same things it's to to do their art so yeah sure like Cami and James 
are doing are part of the this year but uh, i'm sure there is plenty of space for new artists also as a uh, few years ago we introduced uh, yeah tom with the podcast for an uh, example and um i think yeah the race and the race direction is is very Uh, open to bring new people and uh, create to be ahead of the other races to develop new media things and that's very they're very enthusiastic about um, trying new stuff and I think it's very important too to leave space to the artists to do things and to trust them at 100% as Mike, without knowing really me, uh, just by seeing my previous work, they, he, he, he gave me um, a huge opportunity and a huge space to, to, yeah, to do my art, if I can say that. It's just to, to tell the things I wanted to tell about the race without interfering, saying it's better like this, better like that, you should do that. You know? So... Yeah, I'm very grateful for for these three years working with the Transcontinental. Was something like life changing experience for me. Yeah, I can see the point. And actually, if I can add also another thing here, yes, you can call it completely art yours, because is actually your point of view on the race without being too much intrusive. And yeah, you can definitely definitely call it art because it's really the perfect way, your way to tell a story that otherwise nobody will see or nobody will listen. So it's perfect way to call it is art, of course. But still staying on... Uh, it's a bad joke. It's a daddy joke. Still staying on board. So still staying on the side of on board. Um, <laughs> I just want to ask you that, okay, now this documentary is out, I think, since the end of last year, December, right? If I remember it correctly, December 2019. You have done the premiere that was in Paris and then a lot of screening around Europe. I remember Lausanne, of course, because it's close by me. I remember London. I remember Berlin, really around the globe. And then um, it's also by me. So you had a lot of audience out there. Which one was the the answer of the audience? Did you get some feedback from the people? Did feedback like it? And uh, did you talk with the people? What about also the racers itself? How was the response from the people of your documentary? So yeah, first of all, a little detail we <clears throat> didn't spoke about it, but uh, the the whole film is auto, is auto produced by myself with uh, my my money, my company money. Uh, uh, one day I just asked my associate like could we use a few euros to just uh, work on on, 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 on on the edit of this film because uh, I, I, I didn't want it, uh, any sponsor to, to pay for the race uh, no to pay for the film sorry uh, because I wanted to to be free on my point of view And so we finished the film with like a super, super, super low budget uh, with, with no expectation to, on the audience. Uh, I was like super happy with the results. That was, that was it. 
and and the editor too was happy with it he's not a cyclist at all and uh, he, he found it interesting i so from there uh, yeah we did the première in paris and it was like a huge success it was like a great night with a lot of uh, exchange with uh, a tcr vet <coughs> sorry uh uh, a lot of questions. Uh, people were amazed by the work done, so it was a big reward for me. And uh, yeah, then I started to receive a lot of emails every day to organize screenings around the globe, and I was super happy and very surprised. And yeah, it was uh, kind of a little success. Um, which make me and I can say make us because we're a team behind. I, I filmed the the film alone, but then there are the musician, the editor, the the the, the guy who did the the color correction, uh, Matthew who did the artwork, James Robertson who gave us some pictures to put in the film and this kind of stuff. And so it's a huge reward to see the film going in different cities with a large audience every night where or are sold out before the event so yeah that's that's uh, magnificent and and of course a lot of reaction from from different people during the screenings but also online and uh, it's make me super happy also to be in touch with people so i really enjoy when People just dropped me an email saying just uh, it it was nice. I love this part, blah blah blah. And even if they just some people send me emails to say I I dislike this part but like this one, and it's very constructive. I think and uh, I really appreciate to be in touch with the viewers. Yes, and uh, yeah, uh, I can completely see the point. And actually, I'm super open, and I think that all of us here are all the time super open to listen to some. Uh, constructive feedback don't be shy people out there i'm going to talk about myself don't be shy be shy people like uh, out there to send us or send me email and saying stefano I, I like this one i didn't like this one why you didn't do this kind of thing i think that can be also interesting if you cover this other thing please do it because this is probably the only way that i can improve and all of us can improve our production so pretty open on that yeah I totally agree with that. Antonin, last question. What's next? Are you, because you followed, as we were saying, you have been following the transcontinental race TCR 4, 5, and 6. So we're talking about 2016, 2017, 2018. 2019, as I read from your social media, you were following the dots because you were working on the editing of the of your film. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, I mean, the victory I missed the victory of Fiona. That's a shame. I was just behind my screen editing. It was an amazing edition. Yeah. Even for Dot Watcher, that was great. Um what's next? That's a good question. Um actually with the COVID nineteen almost the year I've been cancelled of my work. Uh so it's a bit of, of a mess. Um but I will ride my bike, uh, take care of my goats, uh, and wait for the next project. No, I'm more seriously. Um, 
I'm not sure if I'm going to to do something else about the transcontinental because uh, I think now it need maybe someone else to bring a new regard on the race, and there is plenty of uh, other good event out there. Um, what's next? That's a good qu- <laughs> what next project. That's a good question. Huh? <laughs> I think this project um, open reopen and open my eyes uh on the fact on the, on the connection between people uh, and and by cycling and i loved it i loved to i loved to to be on the road to witness that um maybe on on few parts i wasn't able to put some some part of the i film in the film and but some of them was about the real background of the people inside the race the why but the the really deep why with intimate things not really or absolutely not related to cycling and uh and uh, yeah i think i'm going to look after this kind of uh, things more about people and humanity behind all these uh, things like just people no yeah it makes a lot of sense so all of us now are gonna be waiting for kind of i don't know an onboard b-rolls all the backside of the of people that are participating to the onboard movie I would like to yeah to share the car with you on the Silk Road uh, or, or race or the Atlas Mountain race. This is a call for you, Nelson. <laughs> okay, if Nelson is gonna listen to that, we are ready to do that. And probably we can also something like I don't know, spread a bit of creativity inside of the car and try to make something magic out there. No, I was saying like I love cycling and uh, I love this this uh, experience with the transcontinental race. And I still love filming stuff, so maybe the next things will be cycling related. And uh, every day, someone point me to a new event, to a new race, to a new things about uh, cycling, and uh, it motivates me to to stay aware about things related to cycling. I could be part of it. I don't know with my camera or with my bike. Let's see. <laughs> okay, okay, it makes sense. No, I just want to tell you before, um, yeah, to make complete actually the call for sharing the same car on one event, be aware that I speak a lot. I really talk as crazy. And if you want just to make something like, I don't know, some shooting of a few seconds about somebody or whatever, be ready because usually when I stop a rider, I start talking as crazy and sometimes people have to stop me. So this could be a downside to be in the car with me. <laughs> as soon as you stay out of my frame it's okay <laughs> perfect i can do that i can completely do that Antonin, well thanks a lot for the chat it was amazing and thanks a lot for your work and uh, the movie that is out i really recommend everybody out there to go and have a look on uh, maybe you can tell us where people can find your documentary in the internet uh, so you can find it on uh, Vimeo On Demand but uh, we've built uh, little websites where you can find the trailer and a link to buy the, the video on demand 
it's 10 euro and every penny you put uh, in the box for us will be shared with all the people behind this uh, huge work we've, we've put together. Um, it's not just for myself to live uh, in holiday somewhere. No, also so, because you have your goat cheese already, uh, so it's fine. Yeah, no, but <laughs> I think it's a collective... Uh, it's a cinema or documentary. It's a collective arts and uh, sharing with people... It's it's the basic. So, and even more here, as there is no sponsor or brand behind the film, everything goes straight in our uh, wallet. So, yeah, pay, paying for it, it's caring about us, about our work, continuing to produce content, non-branded content. And I think uh, nowadays it's quite rare. And um, yeah, so I. Uh, That's it. So the, the website is uh, onboardtcrfilm.cc, and yeah, you have you will find everything and an uh, agenda where there is all the screenings uh, scheduled uh, for the moment and way more to come after the um, yeah soon. Yeah, let's say soon. I was trying putting all my efforts on trying to organize something in Zurich, and I really. I'm putting it on record, so it's really a commitment, a personal commitment. And once all the storm is going to be over, I really, really, really promise that I'm going to make it happen here in Zurich. I promise that. Cool, Antonin. Uh, it was great pleasure, as I was saying, and I'm going to talk to you soon, and I'm going to meet you soon as well. It's going to happen, I know. We are, as I was saying, we are all part of the same big family, and at a certain point, we need to have a proper gathering all together to enjoy some moments together. Yeah, right. Thank you for your the space you're offering with your podcast. It's uh, a pleasure to be part of it. And uh, I really invite people to yeah, send me emails to share the through about uh, the film. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time and questions and uh, hospitality on your podcast. All the time. Whenever you have any other projects, just give me a shout and you can crush on my podcast whenever you want. Well, count on me. <laughs> ciao Antonin ciao ciao Stefano take care have you heard it at a certain point during the interview while Antonin was talking there was a little sheep or a little goat I don't know that was bleating such an amazing sound it gave me a lot of calm and relax that's great Anyway, I'm gonna rush till the end because it's already a super long episode. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot to Open and Andy Kessler for supporting me and for being a such amazing human person and human being. If you like this episode, just please share it with your friends. If you liked what Antonin said, be sure to go and look for Onboard TCR and buy and watch his amazing documentary. And stay home and stay safe. I will talk to you next week. Bye.